I'm Anna. And I'm Zoe. Welcome to That Christian Podcast. Hello and happy Tuesday everyone. It's just me, Zoe, today. Um, Anna is, she's doing so well, but she was going to come on today and give a little update on being a mum, but she's just absolutely shattered. Um, Yeah, understandably so. Her baby is really, really cute, um, but definitely she's, yeah, she's a hungry girl and is keeping Anna very busy. So hopefully Anna will be on um, in a few weeks time for an update, but for now you've just got me. Um, it's really weird doing this. I've never actually done the podcast on my own, so I feel very strange just talking to you all. Do you know what it feels like? Um, you know in like a film when someone's like recording their like death note or whatever, like in Modern Family. No, a better example. Um, I don't know if you've you ever seen the woman in the, what's it called? The woman in the window across the street or something. It's like a ridiculous psychological thriller film. Um, but she's like about to kill herself and she's recording the reasons why she's going to kill herself. And to be honest, like, okay, this is, this is going in a weird direction. Not that I'm going to, not that this is like my last, um, no, but it feels like, I don't know. It feels like that. Like I'm just talking to, uh, like blank audience of a laptop, but I know you're all out there this Tuesday morning. So yeah, sorry for that completely random rant, but, um, yeah, I don't know, a little update on my life. I am just, do you know what, living my best life as an auntie. I absolutely love being an auntie. It's the best thing ever. I think I've shared on the podcast before. It really winds me up when people are like asking me, like, we've been married like a year and a half. I'm 23. Um, Like, I do not plan on having a baby anytime soon. But people always seem to ask me, when are you going to have a baby? Um, and you know what? Now being an auntie, I just think it is the best life. It is the perfect in-between. Like Anna and I, obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know we have quite a close relationship. Um, but because we're so close, I will just go around like all the time. I mean, not all the time. I'm not like imposing. I mean, maybe I am. But I go around quite a lot, get loads of cuddles, spend time with Anna, go on walks, um, bond with the baby, read her wee books. Um, and it's just so nice. But then I don't like, I am well slept. I still have my life. Um, yeah, it's actually the dream, but you still have that. Like, I mean, I know it's not the same love as a mother has for a child, but it's like an incredible love that I have for this little tiny life. Um, so yeah, I honestly think being an auntie is peak for me right now. Like I just, yeah, very happy. Um, another new thing in my life, I say I'm not a mother, but in some ways I have become a mother because I have been growing little seedlings. Um, they started from seeds and they're gradually growing up. I've got some, started with like pea pods, like peas in a pod, and then went on sweet peas and then moved on to poppies and now some drosophilus growing. I've got some strawberry that like started as seeds and they're tiny little seedlings, but to be honest, I think they're not going to survive. But you know, higher generally good success rate so yeah those are my little children they're in my greenhouse although I'm super worried because if you're in Aberdeenshire we have this weird thing going on at the moment 
where the weather is suddenly like dreadful. Like we've had hailstones um today and my plants are outside. I'm hoping Hayden's moved them into my greenhouse. But yeah, I'm worried about my poor little babies in this storm. Um so yeah, that's an update on our life. Anna's become a mother to a human and I've become a mother to I mean they're still alive, aren't they? But little little seedlings. So do you know what? I'll keep you in the loop about how my seedlings are doing because I'm sure you care just as much about that as an update on Anna's baby. You know what, you've just had the dream this week, you're hearing about my children um, when you were hoping to hear about Anna's child. Oh my goodness, this is, this is me being like in an absolutely weird state of like what am I doing when I'm just chatting to a screen of no one and no one's next to me. So I'm very sorry that you're going through this but anyway, enough chat about my gardening and Anna's life as a mother. Um, I thought I'd chat a little bit today about um, Bible reading, so or engaging with the Bible. So as a lot of you will know, I'm doing my PhD um, and I'm looking at the lived experiences of dyslexic Christians and what it means for dyslexic Christians who often struggle to read to engage with scripture because so often... Um, our church culture is very much about reading the Bible, like read your Bible, pray every day, that is how you will grow. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about it, you can go way, way back to our third episode, I think it was. I'm pretty sure it's the one called From Inventing Anna to Researching with Zoe. I think that's the one where I talk a little bit more into my research about dyslexia and what I'm doing. But I mean, that must have been like over a year ago. So you're probably due a wee update anyway. Um, but <laughs> that can be for another time. Um, but yeah, something that I have been focusing a lot on over the past couple years or year really um, is the idea of individual Bible reading. So much of, a lot of, not all, but a lot of the issues that dyslexic Christians face comes from individual Bible reading cultures that we have become very focused on. Now, individual Bible reading has been fairly recent. Um, it's always been done to an extent, but um, historically, Bible reading was done in community with other people. And it was really around the Enlightenment time, so around the like 1700s to 1800s, that people started to kind of like want more individual engagement with the Bible. People were questioning things a lot more and um, yeah, just wanting to find out for themselves. But community Bible reading was still fairly focused. And then you get to like the sort of later 1800s, um, early 1900s, the individual Bible reading really takes off. You've got people um, encouraging quiet time or like quiet hours where people say that you should have your daily Bible reading on your own in the morning. Um, a lot of people say it's like essential that Christians do this um, if they want to become good, good Christians. I don't disagree with that, but it is interesting that it very quickly becomes a focus on individual Bible reading over community Bible reading. Um, I could go on about it for ages, but you know, before this you've got monastic life where monks were reading the Bible all the time together and it was very much community focused. But then suddenly we see this huge shift where people are just like, the key to having a good Christian faith is reading the Bible on your own um, discipline times every single day. And another thing that people really focus on is that actually it's so much easier to get a Bible these days. So it's easier to read the Bible for yourself on your own. 
Um, so this is what a kind of reintroduction to what I wanted to speak about um, on the podcast today. So I read a quote um, from someone called, it was a page blog thing called Dr. Carol Ministries. And she said, reading the Bible in the 21st century has never been easier. So in the Western world, um, where I think probably most of you listening to this podcast are, um, getting a hold of a Bible is a simple task. You can pick one up for free in a charity shop um, or at very little cost. You can order one online and it'll come to your door the next day. Or you can download an app in two seconds. There's so many resources on top of this which are helpful to um, help your individual Bible reading. So if you're looking to dive a bit deeper into theology, there's the Logos Bible software. Or you can order a study Bible of your choice um, and again, get it the next day. If you want a regular habit of Bible reading, you can download the Bible in a Year app or start um, what they call a streak on the YouVersion app. Or if you want a really quick and simple overview of the Bible, you can jump onto Spotify and listen to the Books of the Bible in 30 Minutes podcast. So the Bible and Bible reading resources are highly accessible in the Western world and this has so many positive impacts and um, Christians can form their own theology, people don't need to rely on external teaching um, to get their kind of engagement with God and the Bible can be engaged with literally anywhere at any time. So in terms of accessibility, yeah, 21st century Christians have it easier than historical Christians did when it comes to Bible reading. However, one thing that I really find fascinating is, does easier mean better? I'm going to start by doing a kind of dive-in course about a dive-in course, um, well, like more, a quick overview, I guess, um, about what the Bible is. So the Bible... Um, as a lot of our listeners, maybe some of you don't know, is a collection of scripture that believers use to learn about the story of God and God's people, as well as communicate personally with God. So the Bible is a historical document, but it's also a living mode of communication between God and his people. But there's so many layers to how we engage with it as both a historical and a historical document and the word of God. Um, so at one level, you're reading the story of God and God's people, but then another level, you're reading this story through the voice of a narrator, the person who wrote um, the different, or the different people who wrote the different books of the Bible. So you're reading their voice as well. And also your world, your life, your experiences are being transformed by what the text is saying. So there's a whole process um, that goes on when we're reading scripture of different um, different like things that we're engaging with and different levels of a text that we're engaging with. Um, and then another aspect of the Bible is that it forms the church. So the Bible should be um, what defines the church's doctrines and practices. Um, this is not to say that scripture should be like an instruction manual that guides the church, but through learning the stories of God and God's people and allowing the words of scripture to come into our contemporary, can, ah, can't say that word, contemporary world, the church kind of takes forms and shapes. Um, and this must continuously happen. The church needs to be constantly looking at scripture to be guided and shape our practices. So 
Scripture is continuously speaking into correcting and altering how the church is how the church works. So that's a kind of like quick overview of a couple of different um, aspects of the Bible and what's happening when we're reading it. Um, but something that I want to talk about now is community and Bible reading. So the Bible is really important for the Christian faith. It's the way that believers learn about and engage with God and God's history um, and the history of God's people. So there's kind of an underlying sense of appreciation, as I've talked about, that we live in a time where Bible reading is easy. And as I've said, it doesn't take long to source a Bible of some kind and have an experience an immediate connection with God through the Bible. And it's often suggested that older, earlier Christians were restricted or lacking or faced difficulties because they can access the Bible in written form so easily. There's also a kind of sense of privilege in the Western world um, as individual Bible reading isn't always possible in developing countries. This is um, seen in things like the Wycliffe Bible translators who are seeking to provide every person on the earth with a Bible translated in their first language. This is great. I don't want to take away from that. That is a wonderful um, focus to have to try and make scripture accessible for everyone. But such a heavy focus on each person having their own individual Bible and being able to read it for themselves, I think glosses over um, or risks glossing over how important community is. So when I talk about community, I'm talking about the result of responding to God's call upon Christians to be together and to find friendship with one another. Community and Christian friendship is the outworking of what God says is good. It's a gift that God has given us and through this gift we can live meaningful lives. So within um, the stories of the Bible, God often reveals himself to groups of people um, and often a result of this, especially um, we see this in the New Testament, um, a result of God revealing God's self is that people experience friendship with one another and as a result community is formed. Um, so in the Gospel of John, one of the books of the Bible, Jesus explains what true community looks like um, when he talks about friendship. So John 5 verses 12 to 17 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Do not call, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. So two things to kind of note in this passage is that firstly, Jesus calls his followers friends. And secondly, he commands them to be friends with one another. So Jesus' relationship with his community of followers is friendship not a kind of master and servant dynamic. He trusts them with what the, the knowledge of what God's planned and he loves them so much that he dies for them. Jesus teaches in this passage that the way he has loved them is how they're to love one another. So just as Jesus welcomed his disciples as friends, they're also to welcome one another as friends. 
So the Christian community is formed by individuals who understand the gift of friendship that is given to them by Jesus and as a response they come together and love one another. So as well as um, chatting about what Jesus said about friendship we can also look at what the Bible says about the role of the Holy Spirit in forming community through cultivating friendship and togetherness. Um, Acts 2 records the day of Pentecost which is where um, a group of Christians are together and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and the church, the Christian church is born at this point. So when the passage says that when people, many people were gathered from different places and cultures, a sound like the rush of a violent wind enters the room and each person receives a tongue of fire upon them as a sign that the Holy Spirit has filled them. So the first result of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the breaking down of language barriers, allowing people of different languages to communicate clearly with one another. This is um, often said by commentators to be a kind of reversal of a story way, way earlier in the Bible in Genesis 11, when in the story of the Tower of Babel, where in response to humans working together in order to become like God, God divides humans by different languages. So in Acts 2, this division's reversed, and it's this incredible situation where um, humankind become un- united again and they're joined together through the Holy Spirit and people can communicate with one another and love each other as Jesus commanded. So we've had Jesus, then Pentecost, and then after Pentecost, like straight after, we have this passage um, from the author of Acts. Um, about how the believers responded to this restored ability to experience perfect community with one another. So it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So here, community is formed by fellowship and friendship was at the core of the early church and it shaped their entire lives. The members of the early church, they weren't just people with similar interests who met on occasion from time to time to catch up. They were friends who loved and shared all that they had with one another and they lived most of their lives corporately worshipping God. So given that like immense corporate worship was a direct response to being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's clear that togetherness and being a community is a natural response to encountering God and being filled with God's Spirit. So that's a kind of, there's a lot more I could chat about with this but that's a kind of like jump into um, what the Bible is and what scripture says about community. Um, And I started with the question that reading the Bible in the 21st century has never been easier, but is it better? And I think the simple answer is no, it's not better. That's not to say that it's wrong or negative or unhelpful to spend time alone with God and God's word. 
a guy called Be- 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 what's his name, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, says that it's actually dangerous to one's faith if you can't be alone with God. But at the same time, I think we see so clearly from scripture that community is vital and being together and engaging with God and God's word together um, as a priority over individually is central to the Christian faith. Um, So yeah, I'm not sure that being alone with God should be given priority over community worship. Through engaging with the Bible as community with other people within friendship, um, individuals come together and experience God within this beautiful gift of friendship. Um, John Swinton, uh, he's a lecturer at Aberdeen Uni, um, and he says, he writes that being a Christian is something that we do together. So scripture isn't just the story of individuals and their God, but it's the story of God's collective people um, setting out on the journey of a faithful life together. So Christians need to read and engage with the Bible together. Moving away from individual Bible reading and engaging with God and towards more community-focused Bible reading, um, it shouldn't be done with the intention of completely eliminating individual Bible reading from the church or stopping to use these great resources that we have available um, and with modern day technology for reading and interpreting the Bible. But I do also think that action is needed so that the church can find its way back to a community-centred approach to engaging with scripture. Um, There's some really cool resources out there. I think I've spoken about the Institute for Bible Reading before, but they do this thing called the Immersed Bible Studies, and I think it's a really great start. Um, They're encouraging reading the Bible together in community with other people, and when you do read the the Bible on your own, it's with a focus in mind of coming together as a community and reading it. Um, So yeah, that's my uh, thanks for listening to my TED Talk. (laughs) Yeah, that's just some kind of thoughts I've been having over the last year about Bible reading and why it's so important that we do it as a community. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it wasn't just like a stream of my consciousness that didn't make any sense. Um, But yeah, also let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if you have any like pushback on that. Um, because I know some of my thoughts are very like community minded and not everyone has that and that's okay because that's also the beauty of Christian community and friendship it's being able to kind of push back on each other and be like actually no I'm not sure about this have you thought about this so yeah if you have any thoughts if you want to just completely slate me um, I mean be nice but (laughs) feel free to get in touch and chat But thank you very much for persevering as I do my first solo podcast. Um, It's been weird. It's been fun. I think I prefer chatting with other people in the room just because, I don't know, it kind of feels strange. But um, yeah, I hope you have a lovely week. We'll be back in two weeks time, hopefully with Anna. If not, I've got another guest lined up who's going to chat about his experience of faith and being a doctor. As always, a huge thank you to our subscribers who give monthly payments to help us with the running costs of this podcast. We really appreciate your help. And if you're listening and would like to donate a small amount every month, you can find the Buy Me A Coffee link in our bio. Um, Follow us on Instagram at That Christian Podcast. And we now also have a playlist on Spotify called That Christian Playlist, of course, with all of our favourite songs. Hope you have a great week and we'll see you in two weeks' time.